Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. In today's spotlight on the East Carolina Pirates with head coach Scotty Montgomery heading into his second season with the Pirates. Scotty, what can you say first and foremost about your first season and what you took away, what you learned about yourself in year one with East Carolina? You know, I didn't. You know, I, I knew just about everything about myself uh, as it pertains to me. But the team is that how important each individual player is, and, and sometimes when you have a lack of bodies in one position, it, it puts a lot of stress on another position. Uh, so the biggest thing that I learned is just to make sure that we continue to to improve our depth uh, because the availability of the players is at the end of the day is what it's all about. Uh, and uh, I thought we had some, some things that I saw. We got some tremendous competitors here. Uh, but but depth uh, at the end of the day is what we have to continue to improve on. When when you look at improving on the depth of this team, when you come in as a coach and you have you know a short amount of time to kind of understand what you have on the team, understand the players and the personnel, and kind of put together what you can. This time around, you got to really spend some time with this recruiting class and bringing together what you're looking for and and the type of talent that you need to create this depth. So, what can you say about what you're bringing in in this in this coming? season that you have and kind of coming off of of your recruiting that you had for signing day just what it meant to you to really buckle down know what you need go after what you wanted and have the time to be able to do that with your staff you know, I thought that was is really, really critical. One of the things that will mean a lot this year is that, you know, we redshirted a tremendous amount of players. Uh, we had uh, a transfer that was in that could not play uh, and, and spots that we needed, uh, you know, people uh, and help in. And then, you know, you add that to being able to bring in another large class uh, and having 10 or 11 of them on campus already. Uh, and we, we already feel like we have more. Uh, just, just more at every position uh, than we did last year uh, during the season because of redshirting, because of whether it be dismissals, whether it be, you know, just not having a certain amount of scholarship numbers uh, on <clears throat> uh, on campus. Well, now we feel like we the, the room when we walk into it in spring this year is, is a full room almost. Uh, whereas last spring, there, you know, there were a lot of numbers that were available, and even in the fall, with, with, with whether it been uh, injuries, like I said, or, or dismissals, they're just the availability of bodies and, and not knowing exactly what we needed from a recruiting standpoint until we came out of spring. Uh, now we know before we go into spring, so we were able to help some of those uh, problems by bringing them in now in December and January and basically giving them a, a half a year to prepare, whether they've been you know, at, at other uh, two-year colleges or, or they've been in high school. Now we got a lot of bodies in, in, in Greenville. Speaking here with Scotty Montgomery, head coach of the East Carolina Pirates. For East Carolina online, on social media, and I know on Twitter I definitely see it a lot, the the graphics that you utilize, the messages that you utilize, just what you could say about how connected you are with all of that. I mean, do you have you know, kind of a team that's working on the message that comes out. Are you involving yourself in it? Because it seems that, you know, a lot of, you know, fight, morals, values, pride is being shared to everyone when it comes to East Carolina. So how involved are you in kind of spreading that message on social media? 
you know, the messages, they, they come from, from us as a staff. But, of course, uh, I sit at the head of the table. So, you know, it's driven by what I feel that, that means a lot, not only to our players, but to our parents, uh, to Pirate Nation. And uh, it's something that when I when I came in my, in my, my 100-day plan, is we really wanted to grow that. You know, it's very uh, – when you're recruiting players and when, when you're recruiting the minds of people that are already in the building, uh, the one thing that, that they use is they use social media. Uh, rather than fight it, we try to grow it as much as we can. We're going to continue to grow it. It's going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. Uh, and I believe it's, a, it's, it's huge. And I, I just think that you can get so much out quickly throughout the team, uh, throughout, you know, just, just statements, goals, um, beliefs, uh, culture. Uh, you know, I think we can we can get it all out. But at the same time, I think we can bring our guys a little bit closer together, a little bit quicker by them understanding. We may put something out on social media, and it, be, it may be my winning edge for the day. Uh, and when I say winning edge, it may be what I talk about to the team. So they see it, uh, you know, they're, they're retweeting it, they see it, they feel it. And then all of a sudden they get a chance to get in front of me uh, at 4.15 in the evening, and, and that's what I'm speaking about. So it's a plan that we put together. We have a great staff, uh, not only in our recruiting department, but also people that, that work uh, just directly on graphics. Uh, who do a great job, and 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 we all have to work together with recruiting graphics uh, and staff, and some things um, you know get shot down. They have some great uh, great ideas, and then some things that you know. The, the staff comes up with that maybe we need to release out over a period of time rather than going boom, boom, boom. So we lean on each other as far as that concern. But I really, really like that. I think we're going to continue to grow it. When you look at, like you said, when it comes to social media, instead of fighting it, we want to embrace it and use it to our advantage. What can you say about being a coach in an era where there is this this constant connection to you know players that you're recruiting you can always see what they're doing you can see who's going after them you can see the fans that are talking with them there's positives and negatives to everything and when we look at that and we look at kind of how this era is of social media how do you tackle it as a coach and what do you think about the fact that you know, anybody that is on your team or could be on your team, you can see them at all times, which is a good thing. But another piece of that is the fact that any other coach in any other organization can reach out to them at any given time and, and try and pull them away as well. So how do you kind of balance the positive and the negative of social media? Well, the positive is that we do have people that just watch social media that are not necessarily watching who follows, but they do watch who follows, who tags, who retweets. Uh, so we do have that kind of firepower. But the biggest deal is we are able to see the negatives. Uh, and kind of how you balance it is, is this. You know, with uh, coaches trying to, you know, whether it be our coaches or other coaches trying to attack other people through social media, it's just a form of communication. Uh, it's a new form of communication. Uh, the way that you balance it is that now we have access to millions more players, just a million more players than they did 15, 20 years ago. So, but we still, there's not too many more colleges than it was then. So there's plenty of players. Uh, and uh, we, we have the ability to say no a lot easier today because of 
of social media and because of understanding you should be making you know less mistakes on character you know doesn't necessarily help you from a football standpoint making the, the critical decisions that you need to make on football but but character says everything that you need so like I said we're, we're going to embrace it uh, one thing I don't allow our coaches to do is to, to you know negative recruit through social media or you know get into any involved in any mud slinging what we're going to do is we're going to positive recruit what we have here uh, in, in Greenville and in, and in the eastern part of the state and we're going to promote our best through social media but we also expect uh, a certain level of professionalism from young people uh, as crazy as that may sound uh, now they are being coached uh, in high school how to conduct themselves uh, you know I speak with high school coaches all the time who have uh, who have you know, 15, 20 minute sessions on where they teach them values and then how to maintain themselves, how to maintain themselves on, on, on social media. So there should be no excuses for some of these young men. Uh, and as we continue to move forward, we do have more access across the country, across the state, of places that you never could get into. Now we can get into them simply by uh, getting on uh, uh, the internet. Coach, when you look at East Carolina and where you are when it comes to recruiting, that there is the you know NC State and there's Chapel Hill for North Carolina, as well as Duke, as well as Wake Forest, as well as Clemson. There's schools all throughout those Carolinas that are constantly going after Carolina talent right in the middle of our country. What can you say about being on that trail, how much you come into you know the same paths as some of these other schools, and just what you think about it, knowing that you're dealing with all of that in close proximity, and then outside of that, you know you're dealing with schools from the Midwest, some schools from the West, and of course the North and the South of North Carolina and South Carolina that are looking at those players too. So just how you look at kind of the in-state recruiting and the Carolinas themselves, and then how you kind of tackle the fact that the Carolinas have put themselves on the map, so to speak, with recruiting even outside of that area? Well, the first thing is that our coaches spend more time in cars than planes. Um, you know, that's that's the big deal. We, we, we spend a lot of time in this state. We, we sign so many players in this state, you know, as many as anybody else. Uh, and, and we do a really, really good job of, of – of really going out and working in our state not necessarily saying that we're putting a fence up and all that no we're building the relationships from the inside out we're not trying uh to, to keep people out we're not afraid to recruit against people i think that's one of the things if you look at our recruiting class uh we we, we won battles against the acc we won battles against uh the other conferences we won battles with people out of state trying to come into the state and do things we we do have uh some great players here in the state and we'll always have great players inside of the state but the biggest deal is about the relationships and and every year i want to i want to end up being a, a school that that we do uh you know we do recruit the state a lot harder some other places that you mentioned uh they spend a lot of time outside of the state you know trying to build a national brand uh first we, we want to build a state brand and we want to build you know a southeast and up through virginia beach and you know and, and into northern va and then back down into florida and then and, and not be afraid of getting into to Georgia and Mississippi and Alabama and you know that's our footprint and and we can get there you know that that's the deal uh, we, we can get there we can work in huge numbers in those areas but we really want to do a good job right here in our state and, and not only in our state we love to I love to be playing with you know five or six guys per year from the eastern part of the state if the state if it produces that you know we're, we're going to go after those guys as hard as we can. 
when you look at somebody that you came in and you already had on the team in Zay Jones at wide receiver, he's done so much for the East Carolina Pirates. He has been not only in for East Carolina, but for the American Athletic, college football in general, the accolades he's received, the attention he's received, and now he moves forward toward the NFL and, and undoubtedly will have an opportunity in the NFL. Just what you could say about coaching Zay Jones and what he brought to your team, just what you can take away from inheriting a talent like that and a leader like that that I'm sure made it easier for you to come in and, and get this team on board. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. You know, we knew that we were going to have some holes at certain places and, and we were going to have to grow in the offense and defensive front. But we knew that we had a talented young man that they had did a good job before we got here of raising him as a, as a young man. His parents are fantastic. His pedigree is through the roof. Okay. Uh, but what we did with Zay um, is something that no one really is talking about. Zay was a slot receiver here uh, uh, at East Carolina. You know, and I went to him and told him that, that for him to have the opportunity that I wanted him to have, he's going to have to put together tape getting on the outside and being on the outside. That's very uncomfortable for a person that has learned and worked in the slot, had a lot of success in the slot before we stepped one foot uh, into Pitt County. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, when you're in that part of your career in college, he could have very well said, nah, that's not what I want to do. Um, but he was just like, coach, whatever I need to do to get better. Uh, we started working on him hard uh, on understanding football uh, on the outside, uh, whether it had been the boundary X or the field Z. And then he already had a uh, tremendous background in, in playing at number three slot, number two slot. Uh, so once we were able to get him you know, kind of clean on the outside, all of a sudden, this guy could play all five positions out there, and you know we didn't we didn't have any kind of reservation at letting him play those positions. And and so, from a football standpoint, that's what he was able to do. Uh, away from the field, you know, one of the cleanest young men that that I've ever been around. Uh, leader, uh, complete servant. Uh, I'll say that he serves in our community as well as any of our guys. Uh, but he he also is is the guy that you, you absolutely want in your corner as a player and as a teammate. Uh, so what he's been able to do for for, uh, our, our university and our, our, our town and, 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 and our conference, uh, I, I hope a lot of other young men, whether they play on my team or not, will, will recognize greatness and, and understand that you know, there are certain ways that you do things, and, and he's a wonderful, wonderful example of that. What is an NFL team getting by getting Zay Jones? When you look at him and kind of look at strengths, weaknesses, and, and what he puts on the field, what type of threat he poses, what can you say about kind of a profile of, of Zay Jones and who he is? You know, I think, you know, first thing I would say is you, you're getting a guy that caught 158 balls and had two drops uh, the entire year. Uh, and, you know, first of all, you're getting somebody that you, you know that he's going to make the plays down the field. He's going to make contested catches. He has the biggest catch radius that you can imagine. You're getting a human that is outstanding as, as a human. And then now jumping back into the physical part of it, you're also getting a guy with a skill set that you can place anywhere. Um, never misses a day of work. Uh, and continues to try to improve his craft. Uh, you're getting a really, really smart football player. He's been, you know, coached at a, a very, very high level. Understands uh, protections. Understands, you know, every part of the game. Understands the the run game and and how the receiver fits into the run scheme. Uh, just well coached. You know, great player. 
Uh, and, and I don't mean well coached this year. I mean throughout the entirety of his life, he's well coached. Uh, so, you know, what you're getting is an all around, just a great player. One of those guys that, you, you know, in, in 10, 15 years, nobody's going to be surprised at what he was able to get done. But the NFL knows that. So, uh, you know, that's why we're receiving and I'm taking so many calls and, 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 and he's receiving so many calls and, and everybody around, uh, is, is really looking forward to seeing him play the National Football League. When you field these calls for for Zay Jones, what is it like to go through all of that? And and have you ever experienced the volume of calls for a player wherever you've been more than you've gotten for Zay Jones? Uh, well, you know, Lakin Tomlinson, um, our offensive guard um, at, at Duke, he you know he was a he was a first round guy, uh, and it, it just seems like more people wanted to see Lakin. Um, you know, you know, probably see him more than talk about him. But we've had so many people want to see Zay and want to talk about him. You know, it just seems like it's a little different. I think maybe at the offensive line position, uh, you know, those guys just want to, you know, it was more visual and, and, you know, guys wanted to talk but not quite as much. Now with Zay, you know, we had a numerous amount of GMs uh, during the season that was here that wanted to speak about him, that wanted to spend time. Uh, talking about him, and and then they also want to be at practice and watch him. So kind of the combination of both. I, you know, I don't know if we've had one uh, that that got this kind of. I know we haven't had a receiver, uh, and we've had some some guys get drafted and 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 do some nice things so far in the National Football League. But I, I don't know if we've had uh, a guy that kind of the combination of wanting to see him work and wanting to talk about him. So he probably is, you know, one of the, the highest guys that we've had. You had an opportunity playing wide receiver in the NFL with the Broncos and the Raiders. What does that do for you when you're coaching this team, you're coaching Zay Jones, you're coaching any of these guys that you have had experience on the offensive side of the ball in the NFL? You've attained that opportunity. You've reached something that so many players across this country are trying to do. How do you utilize that to your advantage? You know, I never bring it up to them. Uh, this is about them. You know, uh, you know, what I do is I coach them the way that the coaches coached me when I was in the National Football League or in big time college situations. Um, but it, it has really nothing to do with my ability to play or playing in the league. What it has is my ability to take coaches from those coaches that were there. That's what they get, and that's what they understand. They're going to get a lot of that. They're going to get you know that over and over. Rich Williamson is the, the greatest, uh, was the greatest coach. Uh, he's, he's not here anymore, but he was the greatest coach at, at the receiver position uh, that I'd ever been around. Uh, and they get rich every time I step on the field. Uh, and just like every other position that I've coached, whether it be quarterbacks, they're getting the absolute best that, that I've been around that coach in the position so you know I, I very rarely did they ever hear me say something about a route or me running this and me I, that's not what it's about that I, i've uh, they're a lot better than than i was for for a lot of reasons because the way we practice because of the things that we do but what they get from me is and the best thing about me being uh, their coach uh, and being around them is that they're going to get the coaches that i had and i think that's what's important and when you look at that you look at you know, like you said, you never bring it up. 
the experience that you had coaching in the NFL. I want to go there next with the Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as your experience at Duke. I want to start with Pittsburgh, and then secondly with Duke. Just what you took away from those, as much as you don't talk about your accolades and your success, and you put it on them and say it's about them, what did you learn that you can use at East Carolina from first Pittsburgh, and then secondly with Duke? First of all, uh, Pittsburgh family, you know, first thing, family. Uh, you know, we fight together, we, we go out there, we lay it all on the line together, we bleed together, but we're, uh, we were a mom and pop store, uh, in, in Pittsburgh, meaning, uh, great organization, uh, not huge numbers, bunch of love in the building, great ownership, great leadership, um, family, 100%, uh, from, from top to bottom. Uh, if we had any issues, it was so easy to get through any issue because we were truly a family. Um, you know, structure and greatness, I, I will say also from there. But, you know, what we really did in Pittsburgh, I think that, I, that that helped me, is that we spent more time coaching coaches in Pittsburgh than anywhere I've been. I mean, I got a chance to sit in and listen to every install from Coach LeBeau uh, to Coach Arians to, you know, to, to, to Coach Al on special teams. Uh, and it just was a it was an environment of learning and, and teaching. And, you know, that doesn't happen a lot of places. So um, just the ability to play in, I can't even... I can't even count on how many games that I was able to coach uh, in, in, in a, you know in a, in a year. I think one year we had 23, 24 games, uh, and you just think about the preparation that goes in with that, and then think about the men in the all season that all the teaching that goes in in the National Football League, at least at the Pittsburgh Steelers, because it's a family and they want the younger family members to get better as quickly as they possibly can. So I'll say I'll take that, uh, and, and and just an understanding of uh, offense and defensive football uh, structure from Bruce Arians and how to set up an offense and how to run an offense and, and how to trust your people to do their jobs. Uh, I'll say that Mike Tomlin, I learned, you know, you know how to how to address players, you know, and 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 how to do it uh, with them understanding that you love them, but at the same time you hold them accountable. When I got to, to Duke, what I what I learned is and just you know more exceptional. Uh, detail, uh, just details. I mean, I, I thought that, you know, we were probably the most detailed uh, group of, of people, whether it was the players, coaches, everybody. I, I just thought we had our details th- together, and I thought it was all driven by our players. Uh, I thought we, we asked them to do things, and they did it, and we didn't have to go back and revisit. And, and, and I think that that is very, very important. Of course, uh, I, you know, the quarterback position, uh, coach started coaching me the quarterback position in 2008, I believe. Uh, so, um, you know, just learning the quarterback position and, and, and not just the X's and O's, that's the easy part. Um, I, I will say that the, the relationship part of, of coaching a quarterback and coaching the offense and, and still having the quarterback as the quarterback uh, and, and, and the, the relationships that you have to be able to put together from across the ball with the quarterback is, is it was a very valuable lesson to me. And, and then finally with Coach, uh, with Coach Cut is, is loyalty. Um, um, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely loyal. I've only worked in, 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 in two places uh, outside of East Carolina. Uh, and Coach will tell you and everybody else that have been around you will tell you that uh, loyalty means a heck of a lot to me because uh, I got offered a lot of jobs, whether I was at Duke or, you know, whether I was at Pittsburgh. But those two places, the people that I was around is more about family. And, and that's what we're trying to grow here at East Carolina. That coming from Scotty Montgomery. And, Scotty, in closing, two things. Uh, The final two, number one, 
East Carolina. What does it mean to be an East Carolina Pirate under Scotty Montgomery? Your vision, your thoughts on this team, what does it mean to be an East Carolina Pirate? First is physical uh, and mental toughness. So toughness uh, is what what you you have to have. And then once once you get past physical and mental toughness, you know you got to be willing to be a servant to your teammates. You got to be willing to be a servant uh, to the community. You got to be willing to serve. And, and and then finally, you put those two components together. If you're willing to give everything that you got, and you're physically and mentally tough, uh, we want to have a mentality and, and a thought when people see and look at us that you're looking at a winning football team. And then finally, a mission statement for you, not not about just this team or or anything that's you know directly on the field, so to speak. But for you, Scotty Montgomery, what is your mission statement as a person, which includes being a coach, a parent, a husband, everything? Put it all together. What can you say, Scotty Montgomery, is if I ask you your mission statement? A person who strives to leave every person, every place, and everything better than he found it. Well, couldn't ask for anything better than that. Scotty, you know that every week I enjoy talking with you, and I enjoy the time that you and all the coaches give me. So let me say first and foremost to that, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for answering my questions, and thank you for letting me have even a window into what you're doing at East Carolina. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Have a good day.